You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1 Network production. Gosh, there there are few things I like talking more about than fitness, health, moving activities, and there's a reason for that. I've been doing it a long time, and maybe we'll get to that. And this is also the time of year where a lot of people, a good percentage of folks start thinking about, you know, maybe I should take some steps to, on my own, make some improvements in my personal health, and what are some of those things that I can do? And sometimes folks with all best intentions, do it. It doesn't last very long because it, it's a change, and sometimes change is difficult. Well, to that end, I'm going to read my guest's quote because I, when I read it, I read it over and over and over again, and I, I would like to adopt part of it for my own because it's so beautifully done. Life is to be enjoyed, not endured. Rapid decline, by the way, I'm 68, so that that struck a responsive chord for me. Rapid decline is not an inevitable part of aging. With appropriate dietary modifications and regular activity, I believe one can achieve a quality lifestyle without being dependent on medications. As you age, the more you move, the more you can. I think that's a wonderful quote, a lot of wisdom, and it's attributable to my guest and a person I've known, not really well, but I've known him for some time. In fact, he was my family doctor at one time. Dr. Eric Thompson, it's great to see you. Welcome to Mike's Seminary and Friends. I'm so glad you're with me. How are you today? Well, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well, and hopefully we can get other people's doing well as well. Well, I, you know, I think it's important. We spend more on healthcare than a lot of other countries combined, and it, and it just keeps going up. And we can ill afford to keep doing that. It's just for a lot of reasons we can just ill afford to do that. So we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, Eric, you you're a medical school grad from UND. Family practitioner was was uh, what, what you were doing when I knew you. I guess you still are urgent care physician, and now you're uh, integrative medicine. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? F- fellow or it's a consultant? So thank you. I'm. So, uh, go ahead. And, and lifestyle medicine as well. So we'll go into that further. So uh, b- before we get into that, I, you, you d- described yourself as a farm kid with a thirst for knowledge. You, you grew up on a farm somewhere. I'm, I'm assuming North Dakota. I don't want to be presumptuous. Uh, yes. w- when did you decide and how that the pursuit of medicine was going to be your calling? Well, I was raised on the farm, as you said, and that was more of a introduction to, I was always interested in science, um, got the microscope when I was a kid, looked at stuff under the water. Um, I loved animals. So actually I went into pre-veterinary 
medicine when I started college with the intent to do that. And I worked for a veterinarian for a time in Fargo-Moorhead. And one of them said, you know, you're pretty good at talking to people. Maybe you should think about going to medical school instead. Because I'm always trying to make the ends meet in this clinic. And it's not the lifestyle he had dreamt of, that particular veterinarian. And it kind of stuck with me at that point to consider switching over to medicine. And it's been where I've been headed since with a few, you know, side trips along the way. <laughs> and why the focus on family medicine? What was it? Because your people skills or what was that all about? Well, you don't exclude any age groups. So you can do babies, you can do the elderly, you can do all ages in between. So you can deliver babies, which I've done. You can take care of the entire family. Um, that and UND really pushes that agenda, to be fair. So, but the variety and the difference that you can do, and you can work anywhere from a primary care clinic to an emergency department to an obstetric clinic. You can go out to the middle of Alaska and have all the skills you need for everybody. Um, and that's the nice thing about not being too specialized because you're not going to get a cardiologist to do an appendectomy, not that I do those, but you're also not going to get a neurologist to uh, deal with a common cold or the other ailments that can cause chronic disease. Is it safe to say that that, that specialty or that practice of medicine, for the most part, there, there's a lot more personal relationship building between medical professional and the client, the patient? That's the idea. And so I think we've gotten more fragmented care currently and the medical model is a bit broken where doctors are pushed for time. We don't get the bond we used to. I mean, with family medicine, you'll know that Johnny and Susie are your kids. And then we know the grandparents sometimes and the wife and the husband relationship and how that goes. And I think that's a really good key to use a family medicine practitioner as opposed to just another subspecialist or even internal medicine to a point. They're great at their job as well, but they don't know the kids as well because you don't see them as a patient. Regardless, um, that fragmented healthcare system is, is making more problems. One of the things I enjoy about my job currently is I spend an hour with my first consult or when I meet the person and we can really get to know each other and build a rapport and they can be heard and that's one of the best parts about what I do now is people say, you listen to me. You actually mm. listen to me. Mm. I don't, I have hope now. I don't know that that's ever happened before. And it's too bad because we really should be doing that. But that's not the medical model that in America has built. Mm. You mentioned working for a veterinarian in Fargo. Did you grow up in the valley? Yeah, I grew up near uh, Windermere, North Dakota. And then your your residency, where, where did you do your residency? Well, I never cared for winter here. So <laughs> when I was done with college, I moved out to San Diego, to tell you the truth. Um, but then I bounced back to UND for med school. And then I decided I would bounce back to California. And I did it in Redding, North uh, California, which is the, about as north as you can get without hitting Oregon. Um, which was a mountainous area, uh, lots of nice people, as there is in all parts of the nation, I think. And that's where they did a lot of training. And I was unopposed. So as a family medicine doctor, you did the surgeries, you did the neurology stuff, you assisted on procedures that they wouldn't have done in a large metropolitan center. 
because there were no other residents that were trying to learn that skill. So you were doing it all, which gives you more of a subset of skills to work in a rural emergency department or in a rural setting where you can apply those skills. Hmm. Oh, we'll come ba back to an expanded part of this question, but <laughs> I think most reasonably intelligent people don't really care for winners in North Dakota. But, <laughs> yeah. hey, but my, here's my question, because we, we both enjoy the outdoor activity. We, we both run. We, in fact, we both have a passion for that. Have you found that running in some ways makes winter weather almost irrelevant because you, you go out, you're active, you're you know generating BTUs. It, can you say that? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because my, I have a treadmill, you see. <laughs> and when it's 18 below or below zero temperatures, I, I cop out a bit. But I have been out when it's above 10 degrees, then I'm pretty good. Um, so I, I am getting better. I saw someone, I met her, somebody in the parking lot yesterday. She didn't have a hat on. It was negative five. And I'm like, why don't you have a hat on? She says, well, I'm a Norwegian. I'm a Viking. <laughs> we don't wear hats. We're tough. <laughs> so she kind of inspired me. But I was being a little wimpy about the outside world. And so I might be out running with you next. <laughs> okay, okay. But note to listeners, there is one smart, sane person in this conversation. That'd be Dr. Eric Thompson. So... <laughs> so now my curiosity about the integrative uh, medicine, that's fairly new to me. And, um, and, and the fellowship through the Andrew, is it Weil? Is that how you say his yep. name? Andrew Weil. I was somewhat familiar with him. I remember, because he's he, he, a very distinguished looking guy. The fact that he has very little hair is not why he's distinguished, but he's got this incredible beard and a little bit of hair that he has, and he's just really a distinguished-looking gentleman. I've seen him interviewed a number of times. It's been some time now, and everything he ever said made so much sense to me. And so uh, I'm excited to learn more about uh, that center uh, and your pursuit of it. So Help me understand and listeners understand what integrative medicine is and why that's so important for us. And, and then what drew you to it, by the way? Yes. So Western medicine is what we all know of. And that's what I've practiced for 20 years. Um, part of what I also wanted to do was prevent chronic disease. So I got board certified in lifestyle medicine, which is actually a core of integrative medicine. So that has to do with prevention of chronic disease, and we'll get into that later. But I always was interested in being part of integrative medicine, which has to do with learning other cultures' ways of practicing medicine, other ways to help people, other types of medicines like botanicals or herbals, supplements that have evidence-based use, uh, Ayurvedic medicine, which is more Indian type of medicine from India, uh, traditional Chinese or traditional Asian medicine, which has things like acupuncture, Chinese herbs. Um, there's other cultures around the world that they teach us about, but 
we try to use all that we can to find ways to help people and integrate it into the visit because we're all unique individuals and we need to have the best of all worlds if we can. So my goal was to try to learn as much as I could from different schools, if you will, to incorporate that into how I practice medicine with my patients and give them more options and better health. Is both of them, lifestyle and integrative medicine, is that fairly new in terms of being generally accepted? Because you're associated with Sanford, by the way. Uh, is that fairly new? And the reason I ask that question, while I don't have a lot of experience in medicines other than Western, I'm a huge believer in acupuncture, chiropractic. I've used homeopathics. There, um, a believer in the right supplements. And not too long ago, when I'd have a conversation with somebody in, you know, family practice, not you, by the way, that was kind of, well, we don't go there kind of thing, for lack of better way of describing it. So is that fairly new in terms of the general acceptance now? I would say that there is a lot of westernization uh, pushing away or hammering away the other options. So as you go through medical training, you have these questions, as I did, about pharma um, nutraceuticals or supplements or botanicals, nutrition. And at that point, they basically said, we need to learn pharmacology and we need to learn these biochemistry classes. We don't have time to go into all that. Um, so as you go through medicine in general, I think they tell you that none of that stuff has value. It's not worth your time. Let's just focus on the criteria that we've agenda, our agenda. So it's, it's difficult. And plus, once you practice medicine, it seems more even marginalized to think about those therapies as having benefit. So that's kind of an against the grain thing. It's certainly more accepted on the coasts of America. Um, and that can go both ways. I mean, you can get too far from evidence-based medicine as well. And then people are being fleeced, if you will, or they're spending money on things that don't work. So you want to have evidence-based. But I think that more and more we're seeing people utilizing these services, and it's important to know about them, whether people or physicians or people in healthcare believe in them or not, is not always pertinent because people are using them. We need to be understanding and we need to look at the evidence of what helps and what doesn't and guide them better. Um, so I think it's getting more mainstream and acceptance. Lifestyle medicine, especially, which is a newer specialty. Still, the Board of Lifestyle Medicine wasn't around until the middle of, middle of the 2010s. Um, it is a, one of the fastest growing subspecialties to be involved in because we need to start gearing our medical system towards preventative care. We need to stop the diabetes and stop the heart disease and stop the strokes because we're creating those environments, those ecologies that are building on that being a problem as we age if we don't try to make a turning point or course correct at this point. So I am seeing more of it. People are curious about it. I think we are doing a good job of trying to get our name out there, although this will help or any advertisement I can get because my whole goal is to improve your health now and your long-term health so you can optimize the process and need less doctors. Put us out of business. That'd be great. <laughs> now, when it comes to Sanford and, you know, for the record, um, Craig Lambert, 
who used to be the CEO of Bismarck Sanford, and, and then I, who, who we both know and admire, uh, and now Dr. Michael LeBeau, who I just think the world of, is at a higher level in the Sanford organization. When did Sanford embrace that this is where we're going, uh, it's important, and how new is it for Sanford to have the lifestyle and integrative medicine, and how many of you are there in Sanford? First of all, kudos to both Craig and uh, Michael LeBeau, because they are exceptional physicians and people. Um, we are both fortunate enough to have known them and worked with them. And I'm glad that Dr. LeBeau is still a hierarchy within Sanford because he's got a good head on his shoulders, to say the least. Um, we started an integrated medicine program two or three years ago. I was not involved with that. I was still working away through the pandemic in an urgent care setting, uh, which is part of the reason that drove me to do something different because that was an insanity all its own. Um, it was uh, my predecessor had been there approximately two years and doing that type of care. Um, and so it's been a relatively new specialty in that area. And I do know that I hear on a frequent basis, we didn't know there was integrative medicine at Sanford. We didn't know this type of care existed. Um, I'm not sure what more to do to get our word out there because I go on radio and television and different types of venues or media sources. But Anyway, it is a newer specialty, but I think it's one worth doing. And that, of course, is my personal opinion because it's my practice. But I don't think anyone doesn't want to try other ways to help themselves if they could avoid pharmaceuticals or surgery or nursing homes, for that matter, as we get older. As a, as a point of reference for, for folks that are listening, I first got to know Dr. Thompson when he was in family practice in Bismarck and then uh, ended up in Rapid City, then back to Bismarck and then over to Fargo. Up, up, actually, I think we ended up in the Fargo, West Fargo area about the same time within the course of this year, 2022. Right. And when you made the decision to pursue lifestyle in integrative. You were, were you in rapid? Yeah, you were in rapid city or back in Bismarck already. For lifestyle, I was in rapid city during the pandemic and initially there was no patients. And I'm like, well, there's an opportunity to better myself. And I've always wanted to do this certification and get my board certification. So I did it. Um, and then I, that got uh, difficult, that job. So I ended up back in Bismarck because um, I've worked there for many years and there's wonderful people up there I knew and the job was a little less stressful, um, but I've always had an interest in <clears throat> integrative. So when this job opened up in Fargo, it was a leap of faith because I didn't know how I'm going to do. I don't know what the practice would be like. Um, not sure if I would make it as well financially, which there's no way I will because I took a pay cut coming to this job. But the goal and the striving and the moving forward for others was kind of my um, goal. Mm. So that's why we took the job. And one of the reasons I asked the question that way, and by the way, thank you for doing that. So you're making a sacrifice to help improve the lives of others. Uh, thank you. The, the reason I had asked the question that way, we're, we're friends on Facebook and social media. 
sometimes for better or for worse nowadays with social media. But I, I remember when you posted that you're pursuing this and then you became board certified. A lot of thumbs up, a lot of likes, a lot of love. And it just seemed to me that um, at least people that know you then probably understood your pursuit, that this was a really, really important deal. Um, and so thank you for doing that. So back to how I kind of opened this. We're we're in this time of year, the holiday season, and then that's followed by New Year's. And lots of folks make resolutions. A lot of folks make resolutions with regards to their personal habits, lifestyle choices, whether it's exercise, modifying their diet, giving up really bad habits like smoking, whatever the case might be. Some people are successful, some not quite as successful. With with that you know introduction, and by, and by the way, folks, my goal is for you to pick up a phone and make an appointment to see Dr. Eric Thompson, not give get all the free advice here. But based on your experience as people are approaching that time of year, what are maybe the three things that, any one of us could modify in our personal lifestyles that would have significant impact on our health. And I want to specifically go back to what you said with, with appropriate dietary modifications, regular activity, I believe one can achieve a quality lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. What are those three things that you see that would be helpful? So one of the drivers of chronic disease is inflammation. And that seems to be more in the science every day. So the first thing I want people to quit doing to improve that is quit smoking. Um, hopefully most of the people here are already on that or off that train, as it were. But I used to smoke too, so no judgment. It just creates chronic disease and more problems with cancer and multiple areas, not just in the lung. And so that's the first thing. Actually, the next contributor to inflammation that might surprise people is lack of sleep. We need to sleep better. We, that is when we repair, we rejuvenate, we rebuild because we're turning over cells on a regular basis and we need to provide them with good materials to build a better self or at least improve or maintain. So that leads us into the third pillar or one of the three of the six pillars I use in lifestyle medicine, which is nutrition. And so a healthy diet, no processed foods, um, plenty of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, and seeds are kind of the core of what we need to build upon to get a better microbiome and improve our fiber intake, which is the best type of bacteria we can build if we're trying to get our microbiome to be its best. Um, meat is not awful, but we don't need to eat as much as we do. It's not a three-time-a-day thing. Um, we try to incorporate more protein in the form of fish and chicken and leaner meats, now, we follow more of a Mediterranean practice or anti-inflammatory diet with uh, some red meat, but it's not at the it's a it's not a prominent feature of what we found in science to be a healthy diet. Um, so these are kind of where we focus on getting things better. And when I come in to see people, we talk about a lot of things, but those are some of the main things on the agenda. When, thank you. When when you say fiber. Could we, you know, peel that onion just a little bit? Because that 
Yeah, onions have fiber. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what, what, what are some of the best sources of, of the type of fiber you're talking about? So cruciferous vegetables, known to be highly anti-inflammatory, they generate short-chain fatty acids, which heal the gut and improve inflammation of the gut. Um, there are, you know, greens, beans, or legumes, lentils. I didn't even hear of a lentil before I did lifestyle medicine, you know, I'm a Midwesterner. Um, that has a lot of fiber to build a better microbiome. Um, just a sidebar is like 90% of our serotonin is made by our microbiome. Uh, it makes a lot of neurotransmitters like nor dopamine and norepinephrine. So we need a good balance of bacteria to improve the quality of our lives as well. But that has a lot to do with what our intake is. And fiber would be one of the better things. Man, I love meat and cheese, but hey, man, there's no fiber in it. <laughs> so it's hence the constipation should you choose to choose those very often. But not saying there's an absent of any nutritional value, but we do want to build a better body with the types of foods that promote better health. How many grams to, uh, would you suggest? Well, most people are fiber deficient. Um, I mean, you want to build more is better. I think the average American gets about five to 15 grams, which is not much at all. I'd say you'd be trying to push for 30 to 50, but that's, that's a tough one for some, but you build it basically. And if you have to start with things like psyllium fiber, which is like the Metamucil, that's a start. You also can't just say, okay, it's New Year's. I'm going to throw down 10 pounds of fiber. You're going to have misery of gas and bloating that you've never experienced, except maybe in Mexico. <laughs> okay. So we don't have to become socially unacceptable. To have, right. To get and then okay. <laughs> people do worry about the gas factor. But that does go away over time if you just try to build it slowly and your microbiome adjusts to what it digests. And then you're able to have less of those prominent features, although gas-free existence doesn't happen. So just be aware of that. But you'll feel better. You have more energy and your body will rebuild better as you get older. Let's, get, let's go to activity. Um, and I don't. This is, this is not a judgment. It's an observation. Um, that, that picture I showed you just a little while ago when I was in college. Yeah. The next year, roughly, that's when I started running. And I've been a... And, and I probably have talked about this too much on podcasts. I apologize. But I, it's an addiction for me. I, I run quite a bit. I have a lot of miles on my body. And it's so therapeutic for me, and, and I know it's important, but not everybody can do what I do or do what you do. And the reason I'm teeing it up this way, so this time of year, I don't see very many people. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're not on treadmills. Um, I notice um, what I'm thinking probably is a New Year's resolution all of a sudden in January, I see more people out, and then all of a sudden, I don't see so many. My point is, I don't observe a lot of outdoor uh, activity. I'm not saying people don't do it. But based on your experience, what are some of the best ways for people that are maybe not very active to start becoming more active based on your, 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 your quote, by the way. So that just starts with your baseline, correct? So it depends what your available resources are. 
Um, but using your own body as, as weight or running or walking is just a free, easy thing to do that just starts people getting in the right direction because a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, correct? As Lao Tzu said. And so if you're moving forward, you're still lapping everybody on the couch. But so what we need to do is try to just say little goals, I think, for people. So I have them start out walking. If people can't walk well, like I have some people that are morbidly obese, so they're very, very heavy, just standing. I've had people successfully lose weight just by standing more because that burns more calories. Walking's the next level step, so getting your steps in. 10,000 was kind of an arbitrary number that was just thrown out for no particular reason. So there's no magic there, but we just want people to walk and be active. In fact, my recent article I read was in women, particularly they did a study that 10 minutes of walking a day reduced their cardiovascular risk by 30%. Mm. And that's amazing if they start in their 50s to see that kind of an improvement in their long-term mortality and health. Um, Next would be if you can get a little zip in your step, you might try the run, and that would be a jog, a little bit faster. You start to progress. You and I as runners, you know, we start out slow, and I'm actually faster than I was before a couple years ago just because these things fluctuate. Um, and then I always incorporate weight training as part of prevention of aging because we do start to get muscle wasting with time especially after age 50. So two or three times a week, I tell people to incorporate weight training into their routine because we want to keep that balance. We want to keep that core strength. And I'm going to go on a little bit more because core strength is a huge thing to prevent not only back pain, but you improve your balance because falling is a part of life. The whole falling and I can't get up commercial, we all know, is part of the reason is because the core strength isn't tight. And if you're relying on your back muscles to do all the work or lifting, I always use the analogy, it's like lifting a couch with one person. You need strength on both sides to get your body to lift well, and that means core strength and back strength. So both those things will help you age well without as much chronic pain, without back pain, and without falling. Also with those types of things, yoga. So I have this subgroup of people that think yoga has to do with anti-Christian philosophy. I want to dispel that because these names are just names. Vinyasana doesn't mean anything but vinyasana. It's just what it's called. And so if we do yoga, we can improve our flexibility, our stress reduction. We can get our core strength improved, our balance. So there's a lot to do with that. So I try to get people to try to do it at least once a week as kind of a routine. But some form of movement every day is helpful. I mean, you don't have to go to a gym. You just need to get yourself moving. Um, Certainly, gym memberships are helpful for other reasons, for social engagement, as well as just some guidance on how to do things better. But those preliminary factors of just standing, walking, moving, um, progressing as you get better and stronger is what we want so that you can continue to maintain or even improve your health as time goes by. The concern that some folks have regarding the religious or spiritual relationship with yoga and then versus Christianity. You know, my wife is involved in yoga. I, I, I too, a little bit. I just never do it in public. The... <laughs> 
uh, you're not going to find a person with greater faith and belief than my my wife. And when I was in college, I heard the same thing when I decided I wanted to learn transcendental meditation. I wanted to learn how to do that for a variety of reasons. One was the importance of having a break and resting and reflecting. And uh, while I don't do it anymore, I did it for a long time, and I probably should start doing it again. And and it made a big difference. And I was never concerned about the anti-Christianity connotations that somebody had. So thanks thanks for uh, mentioning that, by the way. Is... You said you practiced family or traditional medicine for for twenty years. Is is there information that you can readily share with regards to, in terms of lifestyle and integrative med- medicine, if we were involved in the things that you've just been sharing? Of course, there are more. Here's the possible reduction in your medical care costs that you might experience just by being more proactive in taking care of yourself. Do you, are you familiar with any of that kind of uh, data? So cost of medicine is hard to extrapolate because it's only going up. Um, the new drugs are exceedingly expensive. Uh, there is IV solutions for cholesterol now that aren't common, um, but they are certainly effective. Um, there are, are better ways to try to prevent chronic disease so that you don't have those bills because the debilitation and then of course, long-term care, dementia, that's one of our worst fears is that we have that issue where we're not able to help ourselves. So putting a dollar sign on that is difficult, but you got to think about the unknown. So I can't give you that specifically, Mike. I'd love to say I, it'll save you millions of dollars and it might because face it, if you end up in a long-term care home, you that's millions of dollars. Um, you end up in the hospital for a heart attack, that's with the stents or even just a, a bypass surgery or even just a stay, you're into the thousands of maybe even six figures um, after a longer stay. So all these things can be prevented in a large degree if we just try to take the bull by the horns before it runs us down and ends us in the hospital. So um, don't have that specifics, but we try to address a lot of things to prevent that from happening. This might be a real stupid question. I'm going to ask it. Shoot. So based on your background and now your passion for lifestyle, integrative medicine, as you go about your day away from your home or away from your practice and you're observing, you know, human activity, do you sometimes find yourself saying, boy, there are, there, there are better things that you could be doing or I could help you or in, in, in a non-judgmental way, do you walk, walk around daily activities saying, gosh, we could be doing so much better? And if you do that, does it sometimes bother you? Well, I've been on my own journey, just like you, Mike, and we all are. And we just sometimes do the best we can. And I think a lot of what I do in my practice is redirect because we all know 
the core tenets of what we should be doing. If I see a person out, you know, they could be walking and they're, I don't know, they're, they're taking the stairs one flight or they're, they're using a device that's motorized instead of going for a walk. Um, those are not the best choices, but I'm not them and I don't know. They might be in a hurry and it's just, you can't really try to label people or judge them because you're not in their head. But most of what I teach is just a redirect on some of the things that they could do, like take one flight of stairs. If it takes you longer, that's okay. But if you do it every day, it'll get a lot better at it. Um, walk to work if you can, because it might take you longer, but it'll get a lot easier as time goes by. I just started doing burpees again because I hate them. <laughs> they're, they're getting easier. Okay. <laughs> And now I can do 30 of them without much of a shortness of breath. But when I started, that was, I mean, I was, my heart was hammering after five. So it's just trying to make those hard choices and leaning into them because we have to see the future. And I think that becomes dim for many of us because we're distracted. We're stressed. We don't want to think about those things. We'd rather get that Netflix binge going because that's more important than trying to carve out some time for, for exercise. And some of that is you do. You've, people that have kids or they got a job and they've got some other stressors that I can't relate to because I don't know. We all have our struggles, but we have to try to make a time because we do waste a lot of time. I do it too. Um, just looking at my phone, talking to you, I'm looking at this little time sucker right there in front of me <laughs> called my iPhone. So um not judgment. I don't approach people. I, I wish I could convey some more information to them. And it's been my intent for a long time to try to do more of what you're doing and be on a YouTube channel or some kind of thing for free. I don't want to make money out of it. I just want people to be happier, healthier, and and have a better future. Um, if that answers your question a little indirectly. It, it did. And it uh, and I know you well enough that you, you would never look with a critical or judgmental eye because that's just not your DNA. And, and I try not to judge people either because I never know the circumstances, first of all. And uh, who am I to judge anybody? <clears throat> but I do find myself saying, based on when, when I follow some of the news, and most of it's so negative anymore, but when sure. I do track information with regard to healthcare costs, lifestyle choices in America, we, we just could be doing much better. My, my wife and I have this old photo from Magic Photo in Bismarck. There used to be, when you'd go into what used to be called the Civic Center before it became the Event Center, and you would go up to the second floor, there were these four great old photographs of Bismarck. And when we remodeled, we were going to get rid of them. So I, I asked permission to take one of them because I always loved it. It's a photo from the early 1930s of the original Elks Pool. And the, the, all these kids in the pool. And they're all ripped. They all have, not all, but they have like six packs. They're they're isn't a kid that doesn't look really, really fit. And we were just in the Netherlands where 
every, I don't want to say everyone, but almost everyone goes from point A to point B on a bicycle. Yes. That is, now I'm not saying there aren't motor vehicles in, in the Netherlands, of course not. but there are far more bicycles. And when I would go out for my morning run there, everybody, almost everybody was uh and and they're all very fit looking. My point. And they'll run you is, over too. <laughs> pardon me. They'll run you over if you're not careful. <laughs> oh, you you need to pay attention. And if you're if you're in the wrong place as a walker or a runner, they they kind of don't like it. They want you to move. <laughs> but my point is is that it can be done, and the benefits are so significant. You feel better. You you are healthier, and the long term. Healthcare costs for you likely are going to be significantly less when when you make positive choices and modific modifications in your personal behavior. Yeah, right. Your return on investment is massive. Yeah. So, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you to have a consult? Is is there? Could you talk about that? Can you sh share how people can do that? I work at Sanford South Point in Fargo, so that's on 32nd Avenue and 25th Street, and they just need to call to schedule an appointment. Uh, insurance varies, but I'm not a subspecialist, so a referral is typically not required. So they can just go over to make a phone call. I should have the number memorized, but I rarely call myself at work, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? I, I will find it and I'll post it on MikeSeminary.com <laughs> when this episode is is pushed out. And um, one of the, the six pillars I want to go through, so what I'm going to do if they come to me, is we go through a lot of options as far as their health. We start with nutrition, which is one of the pillars of lifestyle medicine. Um, and it's not an attack, it's just an inventory. And we talk about things that we could work on together to ingest. I mean, if I can get people to eat one apple a day, we're already in a positive direction without taking anything away. So it's not a slow or it's a push. It's not not a push. It's a slower process, but it's one based on the person's comfort level. We talk about movement. So getting them to do 20 squats a day or 5,000 steps a day, something that gets their energy expended because the best pill or medicine is exercise. Because if we could put that in a pill, it's a trillion dollar one. I'll tell you, Mike. Uh, third is we talk about stress management. We are all stressed out. It seems like we need to have some kind of an unwind mechanism or routine. So I try to guide them into a daily relaxation practice at least one day, even if it's only 60 seconds, it's something. And that can lower your blood pressure, your heart rate, um, EEG waves, your vagal nerve or your vagal tone, which controls all these autonomic functions of your uh, parasympathetic nervous system. And then we talk about substance use and make sure that we're managing that appropriately. We talk about um, social relationships because those are actually very important. Um, if we don't interact, there's a lot of data on how loneliness really kills you and causes a lot of problems for people. And so without that community, we do worse. And so getting involved in other activities, the church or uh, just some volunteer events, anything is going to make people live longer and have that sense of purpose or what the Japanese call ikigai to try to give them a reason to get up in the morning. 
I had a person that was chronically disabled the other day and she finally got a job and she's happy because she has a reason to get up in the morning. People do worse without activity. And then lastly, sleep, as I talked to about before, those are imperatives to get people to have a quality of life that will be much worse if we're not sleeping well. You just made me think of my mother. I lost my dad, gosh, it's coming up on 23 years ago, 23 or 24, and then lost mom four. So she was, you know, she was a widow for uh, a fairly significant period of time. Hmm. And when she started having some health challenges, mom, who was usually pretty social, she you know, I used to be co-owner of a health club in Fargo. She'd come there. That's she, she didn't exercise a lot necessarily, but it was really a good, healthy, social activity that she was involved in. And some of the, the women that she would associate with, I see them to this day. And some of them are, you know, in, you know they're obviously in their 80s, mid-80s, and they're doing okay because they're still really active. So when mom started to have some health challenges, she really became pretty recluse. She was home a lot by herself. And I can tell you, based on what you just said, I saw that, how, how that changed her, right? And um, social interaction is so important. We're, we're not We're not meant to be here by ourselves, right? We're supposed to be right. socially active. Nutrition, movement, stress management, substance, social relationships, and sleep. Those are the six pillars. And I also add on spirituality, but that's a personal choice. Yep. But that's a thing that needs nourishment as well to improve or, or make our lives better, or give us perspectives and priorities. Eric, you... And we're success, successful family uh, medicine, family practice practitioner. And you made the decision to go into lifestyle and integrative medicine, which meant that likely we're going to have a lifestyle change for you in terms of your ability to generate uh, income. What was the catalyst that, because that's a big deal. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. What was the catalyst, if there was one, that drove you, this is, this is what I need to do? I've always had that interest, but to be honest with you, Mike, I didn't have to pay child support anymore. <laughs> so I, could, <laughs> I had a lot more um, flexibility after that. <laughs> so, but... You know, and you don't need to, just like I said, to prioritize, I don't need that much money. I mean, I can get by with less and people have so many focuses on why they need more when actually more is less in many ways. So it doesn't bother me that I'm not making as much as I had before. In fact, I'm making about half of what I made before. But, you know, I've gotten to that point in my career where that's less of a focus um, I know when most people get older, they're making more for less. Well, I'm making less for more, but time that I'm giving. But the fulfillment that comes from it is definitely twice as much, if not 10 times more, to see people with chronic disease 
that are getting better. Um, I see a lot of people like fibromyalgia, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, um, people that have chronic pain or other things that they've just been doing poorly their whole their life. And I see them getting better. Certainly not all of them, but the few that I have helped immensely have nothing but gratitude because they made the changes. They've been guided towards better things. And that includes some of the things with sleep and lifestyle, but also some of the supplements that have evidence base um, to show that we can make an improvement in their lives um, without using necessarily more prescriptions. I've probably written, I could probably count on two hands the number of prescriptions I've written in the last 10 months. Um, I mean, it's really about all those other things that we can do to improve without the standard uh, pharmaceutical or surgical intervention. You know, one of the other things I really love about you, you like rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so <are> you. <laughs> oh, I love rock and roll. I, you know, I, I love music, but I, I, and I don't like all genres, but I love rock and roll. Yeah, there's my guitar. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is Dr. Eric Thompson who is a lifestyle and integrative medicine specialist in Fargo at the Sanford South Point. I, obviously, I'm going to put this information on MikeSeminary.com. And I open this by talking about we're getting close to that time of year where people are making decisions about how can I, how can I improve my, uh, my lifestyle? How, what choices can I make? And I want to read one more time Eric's quote. He calls it my work bio quote, by the way. Life is to be enjoyed, not endured. Rapid decline is not an inevitable part of aging. With appropriate dietary modifications and regular activity, I believe one can achieve a quality lifestyle without being dependent on medications. As you age, the more you move, the more you can. Can achieve a quality lifestyle. And when I now look at the six pillars, really a seventh because spirituality is there, nutrition, movement, stress management, substance abuse, social relationships, and sleep. And I think there are a lot of us that could could benefit from visiting with somebody like Dr. Eric Thompson to at least explore what are some ways we can adjust our lifestyle so we can live a healthier, longer life, more productive, and by golly, save some money. That's a pretty good deal going into 2023. Wouldn't you think, Dr. Eric Thompson? I would say so, Mike Seminary. Plus, I always joke with people, my goal is to make you able to pull up your own underwear when you're 90. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What are some uh, closing thoughts you'd like to share with us, doctor? Change is hard, but you just got to show up and keep showing up. And that's all you have to do. As you know, I've run every day for over nine years. I don't want to run many days of those days, but I cannot break that silly streak that I started. So mental games to get you to do it. Um, discipline comes with just the recurrent habit. So start your habit, 
Keep showing up. Don't let the negative get in your head. Um, one of these easy tricks I do is the five, five to one countdown. When you don't want to get out of bed or you don't want to do something, you say your intent and then you count down five, four, three, two, one, and you launch into the intent that you just stated. And that's one way you can get your mind out of that circle drain that you're too tired or you've got no time or you've got these negative swirls going with this downward spiral. You count down from five and you reset and you just get it done. Um, the heaviest weight is the gym door, right? That's the old cliche. Mm. So um, those are all my cliches for the day. <laughs> and I just want people to make that effort because it pays off so much. It, it does. Hey, doctor, thank you so much for sharing your time. I hope uh, folks that are, are exploring ways to make improvements in their life that are, you know, in the Fargo-Moorhead area, in, in the metro area, or even beyond that. Because yeah, I do telemedicine, getting... too. Yeah, so yeah. I do telemedicine consults all over the state, you know, South yeah. Dakota, North Dakota, and I'm licensed in Nevada, too, if they're listening. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing about uh, podcasts, they're, they are everywhere. They'll, they'll go all, all over the planet. Thank you so much. By, by the way, I, one other question I, I sh was intending to ask earlier. In Sanford, in North Dakota, how many Dr. Eric Thompsons are there that are doing this? That would be one, Mike. Well, we, we need people to be getting a hold of you. Thank you so much for taking time. Appreciate you. I've always appreciated you, and I really appreciate what you're doing for us with regards to your passion in lifestyle and integrative medicine, uh, Doc. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, Mike. You've always been an inspiration for many and uh, everything you've done. So good to know you and hope to see you again later. Thanks. Thanks.